Welcome back to Bachelor on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we are talking about emotional insight and hormones. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. Remember when it used to take us like 17 tries? Yeah, we've come so far. Look at us go. We grew up so fast. Remember like first recording ever, how it took us probably two hours. And now, what is it? 20 minutes? Closer to half hour, but like not bad. (laughs) The fact that we can do our opening on one try is, I think, the biggest accomplishment we could have ever hoped for. Yeah, and... What helped me is sometimes I don't look into your eyes because then I start laughing. And when I start laughing, it doesn't stop. And then we have to start over again. So you heard it here first, folks. I'm the problem. <laughs> Even when I'm not the one talking. Typical. <laughs> Hello. Um, We had a very eventful two weeks because the two weeks contained three episodes. Three. Hometowns, Woman Tell All, Fantasy Suites. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's just the vibe. That's a whole mood. It's like it's three episodes, but it's three episodes of things that are jam packed full of so much happening, so much drama, so much chaos. It's like sometimes too overwhelming to have so many episodes packed into the that two weeks. Yeah, of those three, so we've got Hometowns, Woman Tell All, and Fantasy Suites. Which one's your favorite? I always love the hometowns because I can see the different characters of the family and how they interact with each other. And if they're, you know, saying, why are you going to maybe marry this person? On the other hand, you know, a family could be or say something similar to, oh, my gosh, like, we love this person. Please marry them. So it could go either way. There could be some in the middle, but it's just interesting to see the different, like, family dynamics and also how sometimes they, like, predict, like, how their families are going to act. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it surprises me and sometimes it doesn't. Hometowns are definitely my favorite, too. Because you get to see these people that you've watched all season and really start to understand, oh, that's why they're the way that they are. (laughs) I always think it's really cool. And talk about every single hometown was so different. Yes, yes. (laughs) We were up in Vermont with Gabby and the maple syrup taste. Oh, my gosh. Which he managed to offend her in. It was so funny. Um, Ariel over in New York City, who I just think is the coolest person ever. Yes. I was really, really sad she went home. Yeah. Katie over in Austin. Yes, because that's where he's from, too. Or that's where he lives now. So her hometown down in Texas. And then Charity, our new bachelorette Mm -hmm. over in Georgia. I'm so excited that Charity is the bachelorette. (laughs) When they announced it, I was just thinking about how you and I were talking, I think, last episode, just about how incredible she is, how graceful and how like beautiful she is handling her emotions and the challenges and like getting to watch that and how just graceful she is at everything. And so excited to see a mental health counselor in the role of Bachelorette. I'm wondering if she can bring us on the show now. Charity. <laughs> help help us out you know the field you know you you know we're, yeah. we're in it well you know we're in it you know how emotions work you know we are one with the emotions yeah <laughs> i i'm really looking forward to her season me too when does that start 
I do not know, but we should probably look into that because that'll be <laughs> season five for us. Wow. Plot twist. That's the opportunity Liv had to tell me she didn't want a season five and she didn't take it. So we're doing a season <laughs> five. <laughs> That's wait, season five already? Mm-hmm. Well, this is our fourth. We're almost done with our fourth. <gasps> Seems like just yesterday we started. Seems like just yesterday I was going, Liv, I kind of want to do this podcast idea. I'm it was all because I tweeted. Wow. We grew up so fast. We have to find that tweet and frame it. Yes. And then anyway. put our picture next to it. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Artists will have like their platinum record frame. <laughs> we'll have the tweet framed. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we've got a lot of different announcements from the last two weeks. So Hometown's your favorite. Hometown's my favorite. And one of the things from Hometown that really stuck out to me that I really love was during Ariel's date, which again, I just think she's so cool. And I love how she like centered her Judaism as a big part of her date and like having Zach get to know her and understand her. But my favorite part from her, well, from all the hometowns, but specifically her hometown was when we were meeting her family and her parents and her brother were really skeptic and really not a huge fan of the process and not really trusting that you can meet someone and fall in love with someone and be ready for an engagement during the chaos of The Bachelor, as many families tend to have. But the dad said something to her around the lines of like not understanding the process, but trusting his daughter because he knows her and trusts her judgment. And he said something like, I we don't understand it, but we trust you and we're going to support you and your decisions. And if your decisions are to be fully in this, then we are fully behind you. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And I think around parenting, and just supporting the people that you love, sometimes it's not about understanding it, but it's about wanting what's best for that person and trusting in their judgment. And I thought that was such a cool representation of seeing it. Yeah, and it's not projecting their own experiences or perspectives onto her. Mm-hmm. It's really just validating how she feels. And again, that trust in the decisions that she makes. Yeah. I just, I thought that was such a cool moment. I love the maple syrup moment. That just, that just really made me laugh. You watched Gabby's heart sink when he picked the pancake syrup. Yep. And as a New Englander at heart, oof, that hit deep. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. We talked about her being maple syrupy Vermont day one. Yeah. Here we are. Trying the maple syrup. Ugh. Aunt Jemima. No Aunt Jemima. Can we go on a maple syrup date? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. On my way. Tree tapping. All of the uh, sexual innuendos they were accidentally saying when they were trying to do the tree <laughs> tapping. Oh, my God. I think that segues us into fantasy suites. Wow. Yeah, that was a ride. Tell me about fantasy suites. Tell me about the things you noticed. It was a ride. I was very upset, honestly, that Ariel went home because she was my favorite. And her hometowns, obviously, you just mentioned this, but she just put her whole self out there, which was really awesome. But, you know, going back to the physical intimacy part and what fantasy suites mean and the whole like drama with like him sleeping with Gabby and not with anyone else. It's like, again, putting something that they want to be private onto a screen for everyone to watch. 
and I think he was a little confused about where his like feelings were at and so he was being like very open and honest but then like that resulted in more conflict <laughs> so I think he was just genu- genuinely confused himself of like like I want to do this I want to be open and honest but at the same time I you know I don't want to like hurt anyone mm-hmm which was interesting to see him in that conflict. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we've really gotten to see him have to navigate a mistake that he made. Mm-hmm. And not saying that sleeping with Gabby was a mistake, saying that was a mistake or not a mistake, but kind of the way that he handled it and being like, oh no, now I'm feeling all this guilt and shame because this I went against my word. And so this is how I'm going to correct it. Trying to clear his own conscience, but not necessarily thinking about the other women involved mm-hmm. and having to like navigate that, which Gabby said something that I really resonated with. I'm curious to see next week's episode, but like he cleared his conscience at the expense of her trust. And yes, he's telling Katie because he feels she deserves to know and be open and honest about that. Then she's like, I assumed these things, but I just, I didn't need to hear you say it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you think that made me feel? Like, yeah, I'm glad I understand why you told me and why you thought that that was made sense, but like, think it through. Yeah. What did you think of it? I was a little frustrated and disheartened by the fact that he made all of these comments being like, no sex, it's off the table. I want to use this time to explore other aspects of our relationship behind closed doors. And then I felt like the whole aftermath of his overnight with Gabby and then going into the overnight with Katie, it kind of perpetuated this stereotype that men can't control themselves. Mm. And that's the part that rubbed me wrong. And I don't necessarily think that was intentional, but I think I was really bothered by this perpetuating idea of regardless of if it was an act of love or an act of lust, the idea to be like, this is the boundary that I'm maintaining for myself. And, you know, it just it didn't work anymore for me. Like this idea that men can't control themselves when I think that is I, I think that's just not true. I think men are very capable of controlling themselves. I think people in general are capable of controlling themselves. But when you broadcast it in that way, it puts a weird asterisk on it and it makes it just feel muddy to me this thing that if sex is something you want to explore with someone on fantasy suites okay great go for it but to like put all of this weight and judgment about like certain standards that you feel you need to or should be upkeeping and then not being able to and all that stuff felt weird to me yeah it was like very structured Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. wasn't so much kind of just like listening to what maybe he needed and him kind of listening to his own body but at the same time maybe some of those like societal standards crept in so it was like him trying to figure out like a balance between that mm-hmm. and I think what we ended up receiving was playground for his own shame mm. And shame is a huge emotion that's really detrimental. Mm-hmm. I know the physical aspect of sex and being intimate was kind of the point that stuck out to you and what you wanted to talk about today. So I'll give you the floor. Yeah. I, you know, when I was watching it, I was thinking about how as human beings, you know, we are attracted to each other in some or to some extent and the body creates these like feelings or emotions that help us become intimate with 
people. I think I thought about how Zach could have maybe turned inward more and taken a more mindful approach of being aware of what like his body was telling him, some of the feelings of attraction instead of relying a lot maybe on some of those like societal standards that were coming up. So I thought a lot about just like noticing and being aware of what your body is telling you and i'm no doctor i don't know a lot about hormones but from what i've gathered from you know various different grad school classes when we would have like maybe like a half section on it we're not doctors but we do have understanding and knowledge from the from some aspect of clinical mental health aspects around the physiology so i don't want you to discredit yourself (laughs) Jeez, you're like, I'm going to say something, but believe nothing I say because I have no credentials. You sound like well, me trying to negotiate yeah. a salary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jenna, for that boost in ego. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot, a lot of things happening in our bodies when we are attracted to people and a lot of that stems from like different hormones that get activated, a lot of them being these hormones that drive like happiness and feeling content and heard a lot of these hormones thrown around but um something like estrogen testosterone progesterone all play a part in that like sexual desire so it was interesting to always see like in fantasy suites how it's kind of this push push and pull of I want to listen to my body and like all the things that are happening physically, but at the same time, do I want to broadcast it on national television? Do I want to be so open about it that I'm not like focusing internally on what's going on? It's mm-hmm. more like it becomes more of an external thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you saying that you feel like it would have been beneficial if Zach had taken some time to really try to be more mindful about what his the messaging, his body, his hormones were telling him? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, your body is your wisest teacher so it tells you a lot about what's going on and obviously like the mind is connected to the body the body is connected to the mind so if we are able to turn more inward and be more aware of some of the things that are coming up internally it might give us a clear picture of how to make our next decision or what our next decision would be yeah no i i think that makes a lot of sense especially when we think about hormones and our body body, the mind-body connection, because that exists, these things, especially in the hormones, really influence our thoughts, really influence our feelings. So being able to check in on those things and not just discredit them. Mm-hmm. Like one of our really great example is if you think of like an individual who's PMSing and noticing that irritability increases, mm-hmm. those are our hormones playing a role in what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And then using that in the idea in conversation around sex and our sex Mm -hmm. hormones and that intimacy and that connection with another person, those are messages and that's messaging that our brain and body is telling us. Yeah. And it's exactly like those hunger cues. So, 
you know, when we're feeling hungry, our body is sending us all these signals that, you know, we need to feed it, we need to give it nutrients. And that is the same thing for the hormones or any anything in the body. It's going to be telling you something. It's going to be a messenger. Okay. Yeah. I always like to think about all of our feelings. If we could look at them as little messengers, we'd have mm-hmm. a lot more clarity. Yeah. What's on your mind? So many things. <laughs> One of which being, I wonder what I'll have for dinner. The other one of which, (laughs) during the Fantasy Suites episode, a lot of things stuck out to me during Gabby's date. And this is even before sex became the focal point of the episode. But going into her dates, she was the second one to go. She had really been internalizing and really her mind had kind of been doing a lot of things regarding saying really negative things and a lot of self-doubt, a lot of doubt about the relationship because of the circumstance that she was in. And what really stuck out to me was the insight that she had to be able to recognize like what her brain was doing. And she did such a great job of externalizing it. And I thought that was so wonderful to see on national television someone saying, I think her words were something along the lines of my what my brain is telling me or what my anxieties are telling me. And I think it is such a difficult thing, but such an emotionally mature thing to be able to separate ourselves from the troublesome thoughts or the anxiety thoughts our brain is trying to tell us in situations. She was able to articulate in her conversation with Zach how her brain was doing all of these things. She was having all these different thoughts and also recognized that they had nothing to do with Zach, that they were her own mind kind of racing and telling her things that weren't necessarily true. And she removed herself and tried to separate herself to try to calm down because she was noticing that her brain wanted to reel and reel and reel. And she didn't want to do that. And then I really appreciated Zach kind of going after her and trying to explain to her how he related and how he understood, but also that he wants to help figure it out with her, that part of the relationship for him that's important is to feel the challenging things together. And Zach gets a lot of backlash about the second a woman shows a negative emotion, he sends them home. I didn't necessarily agree with, but that's what a lot of people on Twitter say. And I thought this was a perfect example of the opposite of him going, yeah, this is a challenging emotion and I want to be right here with you Mm -hmm. to figure it out. But that insight to be able to separate yourself from the mean things your brain is saying is such a tangible skill that becomes so helpful when you're approaching challenges either independently or in a partnership. And I loved being able to see that on Gabby's date. So I'm wondering how we can practice separating those thoughts because you brought up a great point of, you know, it is challenging to be able to do that. Like it comes with a lot of practice. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for our listeners and how you separate those anxious thoughts versus what's actually going on. Yeah. And then a lot of the work that I do in CBT is trying to figure out how to separate our thoughts. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite ways that I've been using a lot more recently is I'll help individuals practice personifying their different emotions. So if you've seen the movie Inside Out, you're familiar with all the different characters that are all the different emotions. I will use that kind of imagery to help people be like, okay, great. So what is anxiety? What does anxiety look like? What does that feel like? What are they wearing? What like what is this creature of anxiety? What is this character? And so if we can start to describe, okay, this is what this character of anxiety looks like. 
Now, great. Tell me what anxiety is saying. So in this cha- in this situation that might be a challenge, what is anxiety telling you about that situation? If I'm about to go take a math test, what is anxiety telling me about this math test? Well, anxiety is telling me that I'm going to fail it. Anxiety is telling me that I don't know the material. Anxiety mm-hmm. is telling me that I'm going to run out of time. Okay. So that's what anxiety is telling me. And we're not trying to argue with the thought. We're not trying to push the thought away. We're just going, ooh, okay. So that is what this character of anxiety in my head is telling me. And it's really silly, but it helps bring this element of play and bring this element of repetition and practice to this externalizing. Mm -hmm. And you can use that with any emotion. Yeah, just like the Inside Out characters. Like, can we write a script for Inside Out with Mm -hmm. the characters in our head? Yeah. And you can get as playful as you want with it, or you can be as serious as you want with it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, what is sad telling me? What is the sadness character telling me? Or what is, if we think about the characters in Inside Out, what is joy telling me today? Joy is telling me that I really love this cheeseburger that I'm eating. Mm -hmm. Um, But using different emotions, giving them descriptions and characteristics so that it's easier for us to separate, okay, this is how I'm feeling and this emotion that I'm feeling is telling me X, Y, and Z. That we can start to separate our values and our wants and our helpful beliefs and our problem-solving skills from the emotional part of our brain where just at the end of the day, logic doesn't exist in the same place as our emotions. That amygdala that holds all of our emotions does not hold the same place as our logical problem-solving skills. That's up in our prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. So the same way we wouldn't use our foot to write our name necessarily is the same reason why we're not going to use that feeling part of our brain to make logical decisions. Right. No, that makes sense. I also like uh, thought logs where you just kind of basically log your thoughts. <laughs> you write down in the moment, maybe if there's like a particular time of day that these thoughts come about, just writing them down and making them kind of come out of your brain. So you're like separating those thoughts from being like inside of you. Yeah, no, I like that too, right? Just separating ourselves from mm-hmm. the things that our brain is saying. Yeah. From there, you can decide what you want to do with the thoughts. If you decide mm-hmm. that they feel helpful, or if you decide they're just kind of bullies. There was a lot in these three episodes, many of which we had to let slip through the cracks, but (laughs) that doesn't mean that they're not important or not great. Yes. A lot of things happened. They're still happening. We're happening. What a day. Life's happening. (laughs) Life is happening. It sure (laughs) is. Everyone wish Liv luck on her uh, licensing exam this weekend. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Good luck, You got it. (laughs) Life is for sure happening. Yes. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow Bachelor on the Couch on Instagram and Facebook and Bachelor on the Couch on Twitter and TikTok. Or check us out at bacheloronthecouch.com or send us an email at bacheloronthecouch at gmail.com. That's that. Bye.